brought to you by Brass and Unity. We make wearable conversation starters. Our new buddy check packs are available now. Grab one and check on one of your closest buddies. They may need it now more than ever. Go to brassandunity.com, use the code UNITY and get 20% off. And let's all heal together. And brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. To help support the podcast and in support of women in developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become a part of their unarmed forces today. Be sure to use the code UNITY at checkout and get 25% off. And brought to you by GFDA. Good fucking design advice. The voice in your head and the foot up your ass. GFDA makes prints, drinkware, and apparel for people who want to do their fucking best. Go and use the code UNITY and get 10% off now on anything on their site, including our collaborative product, Fucking Help Somebody. And brought to you by Daisy May Hat Co., the custom hat company based in Nashville, Tennessee. They make custom one-of-a-kind hats from wide-brimmed fedoras to cowboy hats. All of their hats are 100% beaver felt, and it's the highest quality hat you can get. They also have the coolest shirts ever. You can use the code BRASS at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Go and check out daisymayhats.com. Embrace the fever. Live the dream. And brought to you by Midday Squares. Have you ever tried a Midday Square? They are the first functional chocolate bar and they're making waves. They're vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and non-GMO. They have 6 grams of protein, 4 grams of fiber, and omega-3s. Most importantly, they kill hunger, fuel your brain, boost your mood, and all from natural energy. They're everything a chocolate bar isn't and everything a protein bar wishes it was. Use the code KELSEY15 at checkout to get 15% off today. Jake Carls, welcome to the show. One of the amazing founders of Midday Squares. And as everyone can see, and as of late, I'm addicted. I have a problem and it's a real issue in my life. Welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, I see it in the corner. I see the Midday Squares peak in the red. You got it. You got it. Perfect setup. You put, chose the right color. And yeah, I'm fired up because... I'm excited to chat with you because, you know, you go deep, you're real, and um, I love your energy. I think it's different, and it just hits differently. So I'm really excited about this chat, and I'm here to give anything I can give. My, my, my life is an open book, and I'm, fire, I'm ready to fire it up with you. So I got I to gotta be honest. When I found out about you, it was from a local company called Spent Grounds, and um, Brad from King of Floors, like, you got to try him, Kels. So after I went down to uh, Texas with Defenders of Freedom and the Resiliency Brain uh, Health Center there, Doc G, I was able to kind of work on myself. But what I realized is my diet had to change, had to change a lot. Um, I'd start eating for my blood type. I had to start being really specific about, you know, TBIs. And I learned that I could eat these amazing squares. And what was cool about it was the stuff that's in them is healthy and it's natural and it's not full of preservatives and bullshit. And it's what I preach on our mental health Monday. Like your vehicle is a car. What you put in it will dictate how you run. And so I was stoked when I found something that was straight up, sorry, America, Canadian (laughs) that I could be proud of again, but also the way that your company is developed and how you guys have documented it, you show the serious struggle, man. You show yeah. it. Well, I'm glad that our, we can be part of your, your actual fuel and day-to-day. And I think it's important you know, to eat things that, that fuel your body in the right direction. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that we got to teach the world right now is fuel yourself with proper nutrition that actually helps you. 
But I think what you're what you're what you're alluding to is, yeah, our company is different. You know, we we didn't we didn't want to build this company like everyone else. You know, and what I mean by everyone else is just posting the standard stuff on media of you know, okay, our products are beneficial because this 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 that, or we have this in it. For us, we really wanted to go human into it. And what we realized is that emotional connection. When you have an emotional connection with a brand, it is powerful. And our thesis since day one was, how do we build fandom instead of just a customer base and everything we do from day one three and a half years ago till now has been based on let's build fans and that's different than building just customers and i think that that's something unique about us and and we're proud of it it takes a lot of work but we're really proud of it and i think that a lot more companies are starting to pick up to this trend, but it's going to take time. And I think the future of consumer brands is no longer going to be just the packaging focus or the marketing, traditional marketing focus. It's actually going to be about the storytelling of what's actually happening. What's the real authentic story? What's the no bullshit stuff? And that's what's going to start connecting deeper with the consumers. What's really fascinating to me about the way that you've chosen to portray yourselves out to the public is it is what I call like ruthless vulnerability. There are tears, there are tables flipped. There is shit that I do in this building that people just don't see no happen because I talk about it, but you guys are over there and you guys are hustling in a way that I can respect because you show the other side. You're not trying to portray yourselves like so many people do on social media of this perfect cookie cutter. My life is great. I have two and a half kids. I am, I am all in and I am great and healthy. Like, don't lie. You guys are truthful about it. And that was something that I realized I no longer wanted to just eat your food. I wanted to be associated. I wanted to be a part of, I wanted to promote. And that's when I sent the email that I sent. And I was very forthcoming in it. I was like, yo, this is why I'm in love with you. This is why I want to work with you. Not because of, I want something from you. It's because I believe in the mission and the story and what you're putting out there. And I can, I can be proud of acknowledging you guys as a really healthy alternative to something that I think everybody should have access to. I got to say though, I was there for the two the two square packs, man. Yeah, we we had to change it. Um, you know, first of all, we had no choice to. We want to be here for for the next hundred years, and I think this is important. Um, a lot of food and beverage companies, and kudos to them. No disrespect to what they're doing, but they want out in five years. They want to sell their companies. They want to make big dollars, and that's totally fine. And I respect that. But that makes a very different decision process and and thinking process for us we want to be a staple in your house for the next hundred years and i hope i live to that time but the idea is that midday squares wants to live on as a legacy brand and the way we do that is we have to make long-term decisions rather than short-term decisions so for us the reason why we had to go from two square to one square and this is such honesty here is yes supply chain got fucked up in the last yeah a couple of years and we all know it did and the truth is is if we were to keep it the price point which we would have had to increase it to just wouldn't have been something that we want we don't want to be a six dollar or five dollar chocolate bar we want to be in the two dollar or three dollar range where we could be affordable for a lot of a lot of folks out there that want something cleaner so when we changed it the first thing we did and i think you you'll like this is we changed the square to one two square to one square but we showed why we told the story 
of what exactly happened. So the good, the bad, the ugly of it. And what happened was it got tens of thousands of views and the consumers were like, we appreciate this type of honesty, this type of vulnerability of not being like, okay, we're just going to throw a price increase. We're just going to change the format. We're going to do all this stuff and not say anything. For us, it was very clear to make every detail informed to the consumer what what is going on and why and it actually created more support for the brand and i think that that's a lesson for any brand or individual out there just tell the truth and be real because at the end of the day that is what people want to get behind even if it's a change that they don't necessarily want or like they will get behind it because again we as humans connect through real authenticity and not as a buzzword but actually being real with each other. So I think that that's, yeah, it's a sad change for some, but in the end, it was also consumer feedback that we got over the last three and a half years and we were pumped to change it. But I think what you respect the most with the business is the mission is to show the world um, at the highest level or at the lowest level that you can win in whatever you're doing by being truly yourself. And that means not following the herd. That means not going where everyone else is going. That's not conforming to where everyone else is going in life. That's you making your decisions from your gut and staying true and following them. And that's what we're doing at Midday Squares every single day. And I think that's what's inspiring people like you, people like me, people like other people that are out there open-minded. Um, and that's what we're gonna continue doing till, till the end. That's what's really great. Um, I love how you, I love how you explained that. I got to say though, that's something I do respect so much about the product is it's a high end product that doesn't break the bank. Meaning people who don't necessarily have access to super great nutrition can get a lot of protein and fiber. It brings me back to, there's this great TV show. And I know for a fact, you guys are going to be a part of it one day and the history channel does it. And it's called the, it's called the, the, the food that built America, but it's going to be the food that built Canada. The beautiful thing is I saw exactly what is happening with you. You took a product that chocolate bars did way back when, not even that long ago, I guess now Hershey's and everyone else did and said, look, we want to give a product product for people that don't have access to other food that's cheap and accessible, but it's healthy because back then that was healthy. Now we know what's healthy and you make it accessible. That to me says volumes when you could, based on your branding, based on your reach could be charging double easily. Yeah. Yeah. I can respect it, man. I think, I think you're right. That's where the future is. And you're right. We have more education today. So it's like, it's inexcusable um, to to triple the price points and stuff like that. For us, we see it as an everyday snack for for every individual out there that wants something cleaner. That's that's still an indulgence that has some sort of functionality. Problem is, we can't get it to the prices of a Hershey bar. It's impossible because again, we're still using quality ingredients that we truly believe. And again, following your gut, this is what we inside internally believe are the ingredients that people want. And again, we're not necessarily experts or anything like that, but what we could tell you is that in the end, like we're getting the feedback is, is that yes, we don't, you don't need to be the extreme healthiest part product out there, but you need to have the better for you stuff and you need to make it taste good. I think taste is still the number one priority for every consumer across North America, at least. 
Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would hundred percent agree. I think that the taste is on point. I think that the texture, I'm a texture eater is unbelievable. And I think it doesn't taste like processed bullshit. So that makes me really, really happy. I am the person who doesn't even give my kid juice. He's never had it. He doesn't fuck with sugar. That being said, I'll give him one of these. So that's what I'm saying. And if, and if I've said that people will know how serious I am about that. I want to get into a little bit about you. I want to know how this started. I want to know why I want to know the ins and outs. Do you come from business? You're from, you guys are based in Ontario. No, Montreal, Quebec, Montreal. Okay. So you're out of Montreal and you guys are from all Montreal. Yeah. So my, my sister, so basically to get into the gist of it, my sister, my brother-in-law and I started this business. So it's a family business. Um, my sister was obviously born in Montreal. I was too. And Nick, my brother-in-law was as well. We all come from different backgrounds in life, which is really interesting. My sister um, was always that person in school that wanted to be the outlier in everything she did. So she, she, I like some people called her a, a rebel, let's call it. Um, I think that was just a label, but at the end of the day, she was, she was just, she, her superpower was this creative creative like process in her mind and she basically she became she tried to become an actress and then she she tried to open a hotel and then she launched a fashion business which was a huge success in the sense of what she accomplished from it and you know certain celebrities were wearing it around the world and you know it was a great business and she learned so much about manufacturing but she had to close that business before this and this was about three four years ago she closed it four and a half years ago and then my brother-in-law came from, you know, an Italian family and he was surrounded by entrepreneurs. His father was an entrepreneur who passed at a very young age. Um, and then he was always inspired to go make it. And he started a business and it was a success. And it was a software business. He became a software engineer and um, he ended up selling out and he had two year non-compete in software. And he actually wanted to work with my sister on a business. So they were starting to experiment. And what's unique about the experiment, they were, they were just trying things they loved in life. They were take, testing things and food was both something they were truly passionate about. And she was making this snack, this midday square a long time ago, like way before this for him to have as an afternoon snack at his office, actually. And he was basically eating, you know, that, that healthy old chocolate that you were talking about before. And she made him a cleaner product that was a little higher in sugar. It was like a form of the midday square today. And then they realized that that's the company that they wanted to launch was, okay, let's go in the food space. Let's launch that chocolate bar. And what happened was they got data from a massive conglomerate that showed that chocolate, real chocolates or darker chocolate was growing really fast. And that vegan protein was on a tear as well. And it clicked in my brother-in-law's head, holy, holy shit, Leslie, you're making a baby of these two massive growth categories. And it's a white space. Problem was, is they developed the product and then they needed someone that was going to come and, and build the brand, build the noise, you know, make sure the brand separates itself from the tens of thousands of other food brands. And they approached me and what I was doing was I studied to be an actuary, which is the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> um, I did it because I did it for my parents. I didn't do it for me. I did it because I wanted to prove to the world that I wasn't a class clown and that I was able to actually, you know, do well in quotations um, in society terms and I can get a great job. And for me, that that was everything that mattered to me at the time was do it for, for everyone around me to show that Jake Carl's can be something in society that is respected. And um, I love my parents, don't get me wrong, but I did it and I, I struggled. I struggled so hard in college. Like I was literally 
crying all the time. I was sad. I, I, I was barely getting by 58, 61% averages. And I eventually just said, this isn't for me. I went job after job, tried to get a job in, in investment banking and actuarial science. Again, trying to show the world that I could do it. And I just got rejected everywhere. So one night I was watching Shark Tank and it was on the TV and I was so inspired by the individual that was actually just pitching his dream. It was like, he was actually so passionate about what he was doing and he took everything in his life, sacrificed it and then tried it. And I was so fascinated that that day I realized that I'm going to be an entrepreneur one day in my life, at least I, I need to try it out. And I, the idea was I wanted the freedom, right. Of being me and finally mm-hmm. doing what Jake wants. So I launched a business in clothing on college campuses and uh, I was throwing parties because I loved humans and I would throw parties and then sell clothing on the campus, like sweatshirts like that I'm wearing that had the logo that I was doing. And it was really successful in terms of community building around the Eastern Canadian colleges. And then the problem was, was I didn't know how to run a business. So the operations were horrible. I looked like a hero from an outside perspective, but an internal, I was just completely collapsing but at least I felt this joy of freedom that I was doing something that I cared about. Then I closed that business. And like I said, fast forward to now where my sister, my brother-in-law had this product. They came to me and they're like, yo, you kill it at building community. You, when you are yourself and you are doing you and doing that side of business, you are most the most unstoppable in that. But your operational skills aren't great. And I was like, yeah, they're fucking terrible, actually. <laughs> Thank <And> you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck you, but I love you. And then right. they said, you want to join as our third partner in this business. We chocolate bar business. And I was like, I'm not really a foodie, but I'm like, the idea of me being me and actually going on and building community is a dream come true with an operational partners, right? So then we launched, then we joined forces and um, August 2018, we launched the business and um from there, it's been absolutely chaotic um, in a good way and a bad way, I guess, but mostly a good way. How do you find you've dealt with the growth of this in such a short period of time? Because you guys are you are being noticed, you're being recognized, you've done massive fundraising campaigns, you guys are really looking at this from a long-term growth strategy. So emotionally, I mean, that had to have or is taking a toll. Yeah, the pain is hard. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is the most lonely journey I've been on in my life. Um, as for my partners, and I'm not going to speak for them because obviously they'd have to tell you everything, but I could tell you that they 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 have a lot of pain as well. Um, their personal lives are probably completely destructed in my opinion. Um, my personal life is on edges. Um, meaning like, you know, I almost don't know who I could relate to anymore. Um, I find that, you know, the beautiful side of being part of this journey is that I feel like a zebra, a giraffe in a line of zebras where I'm in a forest and the trees are high and I'm a giraffe and I could see above them. And not that I'm a better person. It's that I, I, I've seen a lot more and my perspectives have changed. I worked through tons of therapy to see a whole other landscape of life and the way the world works. And that, you know, the zebras, which is the herd of, of the world can't see above they can only turn left or right they can't look above the trees so I feel like my relatability has caused me to almost like destruct my personal life because I'm like well if I can't relate then I might as well give it all to what I'm doing now with the people that I'm internally with with my business and um, yeah it's fucking hard like you know I get to speak to thousands of people I get to go on tv show tv things radio podcasts 
you know, Forbes, all this other shit that seems cool in quotations. Um, but I feel so misunderstood um, with the average person or the just people around me, my community who I grew up with, all this stuff that it becomes so hard um, where I start to contemplate things. And I say to myself, is this really worth it? Like, yes, you know, we're winning from a level of, like you said, being recognized by certain things and we're growing a massive business. But then there's days where I'm just sitting there crying all day because I'm like, I feel so lonely. I truly feel like I don't know anyone. It's the weirdest thing. And I think that entrepreneurship is too glamified, glamified, I don't know if that's a word, glamorous, um, from the media and from TV, like Shark Tank. Yes, it does a great job inspiring people to go into entrepreneurship, but the surface level aspect of it is too surface level. They need to go more into depth to show the good, the bad, the ugly, because it's not just good. It's not just rejection of, of fundraising, but there's hard ass moments that you're almost at the hardest points of your life. Um, uh, and, and, and people don't see that side. So, or you see in the headlines in the New York times or any of these things, Forbes, you see company sells for $2 billion. No, but you didn't see the, the horrible fucking 30 years they just dealt with and, and, and what they went through it, you know? So I think that that's where I'm hoping to change that. And I hope midday squares can show that yes, you can win and have fun and, and if you want to sell, sell for a lot one day or, or build a massive corporation, that's a, you know, a, a great success story, but there's an ugly side of it. There is a sacrifice that's truly there. Um, and we're going to expose that sacrifice, whether you want to see it or not, even if it's uncomfortable to watch. I'm really glad that you do. Let me explain why <clears throat> so many of our listeners and people understand and know my journey. And I've been very, very brutally honest about the, the struggles of it. And then also going into COVID, what that looked like for companies and entrepreneurs, some of the people, my husband being an entrepreneur as well, some of the people that come up to us or look from the outside, there's this, your life is great. You do this, you do that. You're doing, ah, da, 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 da. I cannot tell you how much I'm sitting here and resonating with you. The giraffe above the trees feeling is such a disgustingly accurate representation of my feelings around being an entrepreneur. I don't connect with people in the same way like I used to. I do on some levels from the mental health standpoint and the psychedelic use and all of these other things. But there is something about being an entrepreneur in this day and age where people expect it to be rainbows and sunshine. And most days it's curled up in a ball going, how do I pay X, Y, and Z? How do I do all of these things? And you have to almost put the smile on because you want people to see you as an example, as a leader, as a, I can do it because they can do it. And, but one thing that really hit me, and that's when I think I reached out and said, I really want to have you guys on the show, not just to work with us, but to interview you. You released a video on, I think it was on Instagram and it was just a video of, I think it was your sister crying and you crying and tables being flipped. And I was like, shit, they get me. They get me. They don't know me. They don't know I exist, but they get what it's like. That is something 
like you said, that Shark Tank doesn't show, you know, Dragon's Den doesn't show. It doesn't show when you're giving up everything, family, friends, lifestyle, health, whatever it may be, because you're so damn passionate about what you do that you are willing to put your life and health on the line for it. That to me is admirable, super unhealthy. Don't advise it, but it is something that needs to be done if you want to grow a legacy. Yeah. You know what? It's like, we see a business therapist once a week, mandatory. Um, the three of us, me and my partners, uh, A, for our partnership to make sure that we stay family after this or during this journey, but also to learn communication, behavior, um, and, and perspective, right? The, the giraffe became, for, uh, my neck started getting longer with the therapy every week, two hours every single week. It's, it's a $100,000 investment a year, but it's something so special because I've learned to understand the world and again, not be angry about the non-relatability. It's just, that is the world. And I could relate and I try to figure out different ways to relate with different people. And I, I'm really working hard on that. But you said it right. Like, you know, sometimes people ask us, is it a show that um, you show that you're crying? Is it just for the marketing? And I say to them, you know what? I said, trust me, if I wanted to do marketing and make more money, I would be in a different space. I wouldn't be trying to build a brand. A brand is the hardest thing to do. This is the true shit that we go through. And that's why we have 47,000 videos on our Google Drive every moment that has happened. This isn't just an acting thing. I don't have the energy to act. Uh, it takes a lot more energy to act than to be yourself. But also I think like, you know, something, something important about it is, is entrepreneurship. It, and it's not to say don't go into entrepreneurship. I think you said it's unhealthy and, you know, but at the end of the day, there are amazing benefits. Like if you look at Elon Musk, this guy's also changing the world, but he's also inspiring a ton of people to be bold, to actually be different and be out there, get out there and don't be shy and be who you are. So like, I think there's a lot of benefits to entrepreneurship. I just think that you got to be prepped, like you said, for the journey, which is a roller coaster of greatness and of deep pain. Hey, you. Have you checked in with yourself today? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Have you had enough water? This is your midday check-in, brought to you by Midday Squares. Big breath in. <sighs> I'm back at it. You know, for example, I'm taking my first vacation uh, next week on, on Sunday. Um, for the first time in three and a half years, I feel like I'm on burnout right now. Like, right, I'm very edging close to it. I, I, I see certain bodies telling me not to do anything. Um, but I feel like, I I'm so addicted to entrepreneurship right now in an unhealthy format. Like you said, unhealthy word, you know, my girlfriend and I are supposed to have a romantic trip because our personal life is getting a little edgy, rocky because I travel a lot for work. I'm not here. I'm, I'm basically brain dead when I come home because I can't even talk. I can't give energy to anyone else. And especially to her, I want to, but I can't. But I think that, you know, when I was going on the vacation, I was, I was subconsciously already booking things in LA because we're going to LA um, for work. Like, oh, let's go to this store. Let's go see, let's go meet this person that's there. And I started telling her, yeah, we'll go to this place. And she started to catch on that I was booking things like with a mm -hmm. hidden almost. And she said, listen, very carefully, Jake. She's like, I hate to break it to you, but if we do any business stuff, um, I'm just going to go home. Like I'm actually going to book a flight home and, and that will be a call. That will be a problem for us. And I, I, I sat there for a second and, and I, I, I looked at myself and I, and I said, Holy fuck. I couldn't even take the minute to, to sit there and try to enjoy a different part of my life that is super important and super meaningful and give it my hundred percent attention. And I, I, I was naturally being magnetically pulled to doing other things. 
And that was something where I realized that, holy shit, I need to put my phone down. I need, I need to not do it. And I promised her and I said, I will not. And I won't. I promise. I have seven, eight days of zero, zero. It's basically an isolation with her. And I'm excited for it because I, I, I don't know what it feels like. I have zero clue what it's going to feel like. And, um, but I almost caved in, right? Which is a scary, unhealthy mentality, which again, causes mental health problems, causes personal life problems, causes a lot of other problems. But I don't want to fear people away from entrepreneurship because when you're on there, when you're on that horse and you're riding, it's the coolest feeling in the world. It's unexplainable by words. It's, you feel like you're accomplishing something of, that's bigger, transcendent to, to everything else in the world, right? And I think that that you can't get anywhere else. You can't buy that. You can't, it, 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 you have to go through it, right? No, I, I argue that I believe everybody should be an entrepreneur. I argue the opposite. I think if you don't get a handle on it, I think if you don't acknowledge that it's a struggle and you don't get the supports put in place, whether it's family therapy, whatever it may be, that's when it can get really unhealthy. I've been in that stage before, but I really believe I could not work for another human being. I did it once when I was owned by the government as a military member. I will never do it again. And the idea that people want to work for others because there is no responsibility. You can leave the business. You can go home. You can, that's fine. That's not for me. But I advocate for individuals to take responsibility for their lives and go and create something different that is meaningful and long lasting. Because if you create from love and from a purpose, it will all succeed on the back end. It's not about creating for money. It's about creating for community and purpose and love and support. That's how it will grow. That will resonate. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. Once you have your purpose, purpose is the hardest thing to find. Once you have your purpose, whatever that be, it could be literally anything. Uh, that's when you become the most powerful, your best version. And don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a diehard capitalist. Um, but you know, there's, there's like, like I said, I can make money. I can make faster money in something else. Um, but what I get to do to build a brand and make people feel very deeply about something like you're doing with you, what you're, you're doing. I think it's, it's the most rewarding feeling in the world. It's like the coolest thing. Um, you know, knowing that I can inspire someone's daughter to start a business at 10 years old is to me is priceless. But, you know, like I said, don't get me wrong, we have certain points we want to hit in terms of revenue and all this stuff, because that allows us to do bigger things with what we want to do, right? And um, yeah, I also can't help myself look at the necklace you're wearing, um, by the way, on this, I, I don't know if it's on, if this Zoom is being, if it's actually for video purposes or not, but- It, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. And I do want to buy one after if that, if that is for sale. Um, yeah, man, this is our, um, this is our Quattro Choker. We have them in a longer version, but what it is, is a 762 casing cut down plated in gold. It's really nice. And yeah. We have the matching bracelet, my man. Um, I just, I just had to say it, just had to call it out, you know? So, well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. We work really hard, man. We work hard to give somebody something that they can not only feel good about that's quality, but something that's long lasting and making a change in the world. We all can choose to purchase whatever we want nowadays. And consumerism is on a new level and yeah. it seems like, oh man. And it seems like there's a new brand every day. There's a new campaign every day, keeping up with, with the amount of content that needs to come out. The least people and consumers, um, companies can do for consumers is make something of quality, make something last and make something that's got a purpose behind it instead of just lining pockets. 
the way that we work here at Brass and Unity is I don't pay myself until we donate a million dollars. So that's the goal. That's always been where it comes from is helping others before helping self. And that can be to a detriment within myself. I do that to myself. That being said, that's the journey I'm on. That's the goal. That's the mission. Ending suicides in our community is the mission, making people feel like they matter and that they're never alone. That is the mission. And so that is what I do, but that's why you and I align. We see the world in a different way. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that. It doesn't mean that anybody else sees it's wrong. It just means that we see a bigger picture. So I'm going to ask you something now, and you don't have to answer if it makes you uncomfortable, but do you dabble in psychedelics? I don't dabble in psychedelics. I, I, I've never tried, but I, you know, I'm, I'm very curious about it. I, I, I'm, I have a lot of respect for, for uh, people that do it. About good friend, one of my best friends He's, uh, he, he always does it. And, uh, he, he, he just preaches to me all the time and, uh, I love him dearly. I ask that because a lot of people that I have conversations with, especially if they're within our community, psychedelics are the thing that are saving the vets and first responder community right now with the mental health crisis. And it's a, it is a beautiful thing to witness. The reason I ask it is because the people that I know that are successful or are running companies or are trying to build something that is going to be around for the next hundred years, do dabble in psychedelics and it allows them to see a perspective. So I'm curious to know where that perspective want and drive came from with you if it didn't come from an outside influence. I'm very inspired by one outside influence specifically um, of an individual. Um, I think what Elon Musk is doing is I don't have a Tesla just to, just to state this. I, my, my girlfriend. Okay. I do. So my girlfriend's about to buy, my, she actually just ordered one and it was my, I guess it was my influence actually. But I, I, I respect that this guy is not only changing the world, but he's been doubted. He's been put down. He's been not acknowledged for what he's doing in the world. He's been, you know, casted as an outsider but this man stays bold and whether people love him or not, he creates a deep feeling in individuals. So what, I, what I'm inspired by is, is I could see getting to that level of status. And what I mean by status is being able to change certain things in the world and help inspire and do all that stuff. So I want it so bad that I'm willing to give up it all, give everything in my life, die on the hill, as they say, um, for, for this thing. And midday squares is one of my outlets to getting there, right? It's, it's my, and sorry, the vehicle, um, you know, and, and, and like I said, like, do does it mean that I'm going to be in midday squares forever? Yeah. I, I don't believe I'll, I'll own shares of it, but I might do something else that will continue to carry me forward one day. Um, my brother-in-law, my sister are truly staying in there for the forever. They want to be there for life. Um, that's their mission. My mission is you build the brand, go out and inspire people to go continue to be bold and be themselves you know, because I saw what this, I saw what it is to go do what society wants you to do. I saw it. I felt it. It is a prison. It's almost like a prison of the mental state. And um, I just need more people to realize it because it truly unlocks a freedom. Yes, there's pain associated, like we discussed. There's a lot of pain, but that's okay. Pain is a good thing. You learn, you, you go through it, you get to become stronger. Um, and yeah, that's why a lot of the time I actually military and athletes, these are two groups that I, I tremendously look up to because they go through a lot of pain, physical and mental, um, but they push through it. They see what it's like to push through it and get through it. Their grit is extremely high. 
they have a they have a vision or a or something that they're doing it for that is greater than them themselves and they do it and it's the coolest thing and that's why like you know I, I, I truly try to admire more and more stories from these types of people because it keeps me going. It keeps me feeling, I kind of have this like relatability, even though I don't know these people, right? Like mm-hmm. kind of like you and I, we didn't really know each other, but now I have this relatability factor right now that's pushing me and giving me energy to want to continue to keep being me, even though there's so much shit happening in our business right now, that's mm-hmm. just like dominoing, right? You know? So I think that, yeah, that, that's what's pushing me in life um, to keep going. I'm glad you bring up Elon. I think he is a brilliant example of an individual whom no one probably would have thought would have gotten to where he is. The guy is saving humanity and they're opening investigations on a federal level because he is trying to give freedom of speech. He's trying to give freedom to to run businesses because he understands the legitimacy and the responsibility of a company having a social media and how that works in our day and age. He gave me a badass vehicle, not personally, we bought them. He, but do you know what I'm saying? Like he gave us the safest cars in a hundred years, all of them, just the top just was like, you know what? I don't want it to be kind of safe. I want it to be the safest vehicle ever created of all time. Okay. And then he was like, you know what else is really concerning? We're not going to space anymore. We should really go to space. You know what? Fuck it. We're going to space. And then he does it. And he does it in epic, like full on Apple, clean, white, sexy interior of a space. Like what? Who are you? Who came up with this guy? This guy is truly the person that I think is going to bring humanity back. We were talking at the beginning about that kind of swing back in society and the bell curve, in my opinion. It's always got to come back. And it will come back, but it takes people like him who are not bound by government, not bound by the way that they talk and walk and, you know, they can make change. They can say things where it doesn't really affect their ability to do business. People can talk, talk, talk. It's not going to really affect Elon's day is I doubt he cares at all, actually. So when you, when you say somebody like him, I think he's a brilliant example. I think he has got such a unique perspective based on his childhood, based on how he was raised and his family unit. He's a very different dynamic human being. So I'm glad that you bring him up. Um, I do wonder though, for you moving forward, what is, what does it look like? What is, what is the plan? Because you have been very successful, I believe in campaigning and growing a brand in a way that is authentic and is true and real and resonates. So how does number one, how does one do more of that so that others can say, okay, that is something I can use as a playbook. And then how do you see yourself progressing with midday squares? Yeah. So I think what we're just getting started um, in the sense of, you know, we, we had to figure out how to ma- build our manufacturing facilities and all this stuff. So like that was taking a lot of energy. Now we're focused on obviously continuing to scale that, but like we've gotten a lot better and a lot, a, a lot of learnings from it. But I think us, we want to be the next big chocolate company. What I mean by next big, I want, we want to be the next Hershey's, the next Mars. We respect them. Don't get me wrong. They, they had legacy brands. They built them over a hundred years or whatever it was. And we want to do that. We want to put our flag next to them. That's the goal is be a new age version of what those have done in terms of size. Um, what, what, what corresponds transcends after that for me is 
I don't know, may, I want to help, I want to help people be themselves. So I know it sounds weird to say help people be themselves. I just want to be a, I, I get mean, it. I want to be a model for them um, and showing them that, you know, you can be you and, and, and it's honorable to be yourself and, and, and actually truly, truly invest into yourself and doesn't have to be entrepreneurship, by the way, if you could find a place in within an organization to be you, then you are, you're going to kill it. You're going to thrive, but you need to be able to block that herd mentality, block the noise out, be yourself and stay true to it. And I think that's the hard part, right? Is, you know, social media has this imitation factor, which, um, you know, you're consistently comparing yourself to other people and you're consistently wanting the desires of others. I think we need to want our own desires and how I'm, I think social media is a great tool for a lot of things. We use it for business, for connecting you, you and I connected technically through that. Um, and I think it's a great tool, but we need to shift the focus on where it, where it grows because desires of others is not how we win in life. Desires for ourselves is how we'll win. So we've got to figure out individuality within one, within one planet. Together, we could all be individual, but work towards similar goals. And I just want, I want that in my bigger picture. So I don't know when that's going to come. Could be in 30, 40, 50, 60 years, but Midday Square is my current journey. I'm giving it 200% of my time, my energy. And uh, yeah, we want to get to hundred million in revenue in the next three and a half years. That's the goal. Should get there. Um, I, I, I don't know what to tell you what we, what we could do when we have that kind of revenue, the type of fun, the energy, the campaigning, the the content creation, the type of change we could make. Um, but that's what we're focused on. I could tell you that right now, horse blinders are on. Um, no noise in our ears, that's for sure. See, I like that you bring that up. I'm glad that you said that because it takes that type of dedication to grow something. You can't be one foot out the door already or it just won't work. No, there's no chance. If you can, teach me, please, because um, you know I love to dabble in other things. However, I do do things I love, like I read, um, that keeps me sane. I work out. Um, I, I, you know, I, I truly have to do things. Otherwise I, I would completely catapult downwards because your body, like a Tesla, it needs to recharge somehow because you need to plug it in at night when your car is at, when your car is 5% battery, it needs to get back to a certain amount if you want to keep giving. Right. So I try to figure out more and I'm not perfect at it. And, and I'm looking for any people out there that want to help me with this, um, to figure out how to get that recharge going not just recharging after you're getting close to burnout, but before that happens. So daily self-care is what we call that, my friend. Yep. So, so what do you do? So you're, you, you work out how many days a week? I work out five days a week. I used to be like extreme on it to the point where I was doing seven days, twice a day. I was so tight. Um, the problem was I was mentally not healthy from that. Um, my eating habits were not great. Um, now I'm in a better state. I find in terms of just living in joie de vivre of life, but I I'm trying to get back on the workout thing. Now I do it four to five, but I travel so much that the hotel workouts are a little sketch. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to be in the four to six range every week. No problem. Um, because I truly feel the endorphins kick in when I'm there. I look at myself and I think it's important to look good and what you believe looks good. It doesn't mean, you know, what others think look good, mm -hmm. uh, because you feel just more confident. I, it's so, I can't explain it. I feel like I'm, I'm on fire when I'm in the gym. I just feel like I'm on fire, you know? Well that's good. Those are called endorphins. That's what we want. We want the dopamine hits. That's good for the mental health. So you're doing that. Do you journal? Do you do yoga? Do you do any sort of meditative or spiritual side of life? Zero. I think the meditative comes from reading every morning for 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Um, 
I read every type of style of history, business, um, biographies, whatever it is. I find I learn so much. Um, I find a new hobby of mine that I really enjoy is, is having fun with trolls. Um, oh I've, no. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people that have, it's not that they hate you. It's, it's actually that they suffer inside. So they, they want to be heard. They want to be heard and, and actually want to love what you're doing, but they, they need to be taught how. Um, yep. But for me, so what I've done now is I actually took an Elon Musk strategy from it. And I, at first I was like trying to be like Elon Musk. And you, again, you shouldn't try to be like, you should be yourself. But I was trying to do similar things, like have fun with people. Like he would send stuff to Congress, people like a dick pic yep. or something funky. But I tried to do that at the beginning of this journey because when you're loud on social media and crazy, you're going to get whatever. People are going to attack to a certain extent. Uh-huh. <laughs> I used to take it personally and I used to get mad and I try to be funny, but I was actually angry inside when I was doing it. Yeah. Now I'm actually having a lot more fun. I'm in good spirits and I don't want to attack anybody. I just have fun with them in a good vibe way and they eventually fall back to loving you, which is crazy. Like yesterday, for example, a guy told me I'm like making shit up lying. I don't know what he was saying. And I was like, dude, I love you, man. I just, I actually love you. And I want to just party with you. And he's like, you're a silly motherfucker. And I'm like, dude, I actually just love you. Like, I seriously want to hug you. And, and he, he couldn't, he couldn't handle it. The brain was having like a short circuit. And I think that that's a new hobby of mine is I want to be able to change those folks to, to love and not to hate. And, uh, you can only do it if you yourself are in a good spirit from it. You can't do it with any anger or edge on yourself. Cause if you are, then you're, you're doing just as bad actually, or you're technically attacking. Right. So that's a new hobby. I like that hobby. I like how you turn that on its head. Something that I think, again, you and I can relate to is being attacked online is a motherfucker and it's going to happen. And you're never going to get hate from somebody doing more than you. You're only going to get it from less. But one thing that I've realized in this mental journey and starting this company, so many people are just not loved. So many people just never get good job. So many people never get, I'm proud of you. So many people never get a hug and say, it's okay when you're having a hard time. And when you can make somebody feel heard and take a second to realize that it's a projection of themselves and nothing to do with you at all, then you can come at them and meet them where they are and say, look, I know this is how you think you feel, but I got to tell you, I love you. And they go, huh, what feelings? I don't know how to deal with that. What do I do? And then they reach out again and then they reach out again. And then next thing you know, you have a fan and not a hater. And it's because you may have been the first person in their entire life to make them feel seen and to feel heard. And that's often all trolls need. That's it. And I think that we got to convince more people to do it like that. And you're right. Um, They can't handle the feelings, but you're right. I feel bad society. Unfortunately, we have a lot of people suffering. Um, mental health obviously is, is something you're, you're, you're very, um, you're a big advocate for and, 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 and you're trying to make really good change, but we need to continue that because it's not just the veterans, the first responders. It's, it's a lot of people that you said aren't getting love. Like they're actually just not. And, and, and I feel horrible for them because I'm loved by certain people around me. And that makes me really, really fired up and energized. And I can't imagine what it's like to not feel that love. And so like, you know, I try to out there every day when I'm walking, Hey, you look great. Like I just walk by someone or, or, or you're, you're killing it. Or like someone will post something. I don't even know the person. I'll be like, I'm just so jacked up for you. I'm so fired up. And just those little things, those little hits, they help. So yeah. like, let's keep changing. Let's keep firing people up and, and, and doing good because 
the more we get good in people, the better we as a world, as one, start to win. Well, and that's exactly what it is. There's enough hate in the world. Why do we need to keep perpetuating it? If you can just take a second out of your day to say, hey, that's a great outfit. Or, hey, I just, you know what? Thank you for being so nice every time you check me out of somewhere. Like there is so much that can be done in those moments. That that moment where you acknowledge somebody else's existence on this planet can be the thing that changes their day, their week, their month, their fucking life. And that is a reality that people don't realize that we don't need to go out and perpetuate more hate on social media. There's, there's a ton of people and I've called them out for it recently. Cause I think it's disgusting behavior. I think when you have a certain level of a platform company influence, whatever it may be, you, in my opinion, have a social responsibility to this world to be a good fucking person and not be mean, cruel, and add to the hate and to the destruction that we already have enough of. I'm glad you say something that you said, though. Something that you said really hit. Yes, I've always been screaming about veterans and first responders. It's because we have one of the highest suicide rates in the world. That being said, in 2009, the WHO stated that one in every hundred persons was a death by suicide. So my point is there are kids, there are children, there's 11 and 12 year olds that are taking their own lives because they don't feel loved because social media has been so dark and so hateful and so aggressive on their lives and their brains cannot wrap themselves around it saying that this is not going to be permanent and this is not going to be forever. And that this is just a projection of somebody that is hurting. So now this is something that we've we're trying to get the civilian population and the rest of the world to wrap their brains around that kids, adults, and people are having the hardest time they've ever had over the past two years. Societies are breaking down. We need to be looking at the, what we say, how we say it, and who we say it to, and the energy that we bring in when we walk into a room. So I'm very glad to hear that your new hobby is a positive one, not just for yourself, but for others. It's not easy to do. It does take its toll. When people talk about you negatively online, there is that reality that you can have a thousand positive comments, but the one could be the thing that knocks you off. Yep. It's real. I've gone through, I've, I've, I've had a horrible journey with it. And I, I'm proud to say therapy and understanding and perspective helped a lot and understanding that it's, it's not a you, it's, it's not a me and you problem. It's a them problem that you got to empathize with. And, and, uh, yeah. And uh, like I said, that's the goal. That's the goal. And, and, and uh, it's going to be an interesting next decade, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. But more and more of there's more and more of us coming through and helping out. So um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, I'm grateful, Jake, for your time. I know we don't have much left, so we'll cut it there. But please tell everyone where they can find everything about you, Midday Squares, how they can support kind of where they can uplift you as much as possible. So if you want to support the brand uh, at Midday Squares on every social media channel, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, starting YouTube very soon, which is exciting. Um, for me personally, if you want to add me on, 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 on any socials, Jake Carls on LinkedIn, I'm active there and Instagram, Jake Carls as well. Um, yeah, and I'm happy to always connect. And then for the product, go on www.middaysquares.com. Check the store locator out. It's available in a lot of stores across Canada and the United States. Um, we're always in the refrigerator though. So that's the unique part. And uh, yeah, keep crushing it, everybody. I'm uh, grateful for your time. That's it, everyone. We'll see you next week.